Get ready for the Organically Blunt Show, the podcast that dives deep into the world of cannabis with real informative conversations. Whether you're a seasoned smoker or just curious, light up and join the conversation. Let's get Organically Blunt. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Organically Blunt. I am Jay Blaze, your host. And this evening, I have the opportunity to speak with a legend and a lot of our eyes. Welcome to the show, Danny Danko. How you doing, hey, all sir? Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be on the show. Definitely. Definitely. So I understand you are a man of many hats and I don't want to miss any of those hats. So can you kind of, for the people that are out there watching that aren't familiar with who you are, kind of give you an idea of some of them hats you've worn and some of them you still currently wear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am currently the editor of Northeast Leaf Magazine for the last three years since 2020. Uh, I also host the podcast called Grow Bud Yourself. Uh, and I've been uh, doing grow classes, home grow classes um, all around. And also uh, uh, wrote a book in 2018 called Cannabis, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Marijuana. So uh, basically, just uh, lately, it's been the book, the podcast, and the magazine uh, for me. And but I got my start at High Times Magazine years ago. So uh, in twenty in two thousand two is when I started there full time. But I had been uh, a part of the industry even prior to that in the nineties, um, and basically kind of worked my way up at the magazine um, into a position where I was writing uh, about cultivation and strains. Um, eventually uh, choosing the top 10 strains of the year and uh, also creating the High Times Seed Bank Hall of Fame. Uh, and basically, I worked there for almost 20 years um, as a writer and an editor, occasional photographer, um, traveling around to all the different cannabis cups. I think ultimately I've probably judged more cannabis cups than anyone on earth at this point, um, you know, and definitely a bunch of other events since then as well. Um, and I wrote a book over there um, also about marijuana strains. It was the official High Times Field Guide to Marijuana Strains in 2011. Um, that book's a little bit dated now. A lot of those strains are sort of building blocks for what's popular these days. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, uh, <laughs> that's been my life over the last uh, couple of decades. And, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with just my love for the, the, the cannabis plant uh, and uh, growing it and smoking it and... Uh, smelling it, you know, all of that. I just, uh, I'm just um, really enamored with uh, the, the plant medicines in general, but cannabis in particular. Definitely, definitely. So I'm going to play a couple questions off of that episode that we talked about before the show. And I want to see what you have to say today. So I listened to an episode with Danny and Kyle Cushman. Some of y'all out there know who he is. When he did his first episode, Danny was the first guest on the show, and this was nine years ago. And Kyle asked you, one of the questions was what you thought of the carbon footprint and where it was heading. So is it headed in the correct direction where you thought it would be going? Uh, well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think a, a, a lot of us are still stuck in kind of prohibition thinking. Uh, and the reason the plant was grown indoors to begin with was uh, because of the risk and to hide uh, the growing. But ultimately, it wants to grow in full sun. Uh, and I think 
you know, it, also in living soil. Uh, so to me, that's the direction things should be heading in. I think eventually uh, the price point will probably dictate that because it's just so much more expensive to produce indoors and try to recreate uh, sunlight and uh, the proper environment. Uh, and I think the answer to that really is is a greenhouse, a greenhouse that's able to do light deprivation, also light supplementation when necessary. Uh, and then you have the best of both worlds. You have the climate control of indoors, um, but you have the sunshine of outdoors and you don't have the the wind and the dust and the rain and, and all of that. So I do think ultimately uh, living soil in greenhouses is the way to go. You can grow year round. Uh, you can do four, maybe sometimes even five harvests a year and more if you do uh, staggered harvesting and, and perpetual harvesting and growing autos and things like that. So I, I think that's the direction ultimately things will end up in, but I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. I think a lot of growers, um, particularly home growers, are learning more and more about things like KNF and living soil um, and using less and less inputs and just adding more organic material and brewing their own teas and things. And so, and that's a wonderful way to lower our carbon footprint and to actually even reverse it, to be honest, because uh, a living soil sequesters carbon in in the soil. Uh, and, and it's a way of pulling carbon out of the air and actually storing it in the ground. Uh, and that, you know, that's basic photosynthesis. But at the same time, if we revert back to that model from what we have now, which is kind of a factory farming of our food and of our cannabis. And I do think uh, we really do need to look uh, look back at the old ways prior to World War II. Um, a lot of factory farming is born out of, uh, you know, uh, minerals that were basically explosives that were left behind after the war uh, that then became plant nutrient. And so I do think we need to turn away from that type of factory farming uh, concept with cannabis and with our food, to be honest. Definitely, definitely. I totally agree. You know, I, I have to watch everything I do because I have alopecia, which is an autoimmune disease. So like literally I'm growing living soil organically indoors. I'm growing Organic, organic, even though it's in the ground outdoors, we we backfilled our holes with organic mixes that we we made and amended. My friend is a geologist here, and he runs a soil company. And um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I totally agree. And we have a lot of new growers out in the audience. You know, the problem with our audience is we're on so many platforms right now. We're we're getting recorded on audio side and video side, so. We have audiences listening from all over the world, a lot of times from Thailand and, and other places. And, um, you know, a lot of these people are newer. So some of the questions I do want to ask you based off of your book, because I want everybody to go, go out and find your book on Amazon and get a copy because they need to support the community. And I'm going to get me a copy because I have a bookshelf literally right here next to me with all the books that people have had on here. And I reference them, even if they're new and I'm more experienced than what's in the book, I still collect it. You know, it, it's a piece of literature and it's a piece of sentimental to me, but definitely, you know, and you know, you said you did the top 10 strain list. What I want to know is, was there one for last year and what were some of the top ones? If you don't mind me asking. 
Yeah, well, I did that top 10 list. I did that at high times and I I, uh, I stopped working there in 2020. So I'm not okay. sure if they've I'm not sure if they've maintained that tradition. Okay. Uh, but uh, going back to what you said, I do uh, about carbon footprint. I do I do think that the changeover that's happening from HID lighting to LED lighting is helpful as well in lowering that carbon footprint because they they're more efficient lights. They create less heat. So it's less HVAC and less uh, less of a burden on the electrical grid in that case. If you're going to go indoors, I do Definitely. now highly recommend LEDs as as the answer to that. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as popular strains, there's it's so regional as well. What's popular and um, you know, I think uh, there's also kind of the factions of like the people who are interested in like, you know, fruity things like gelatos and, and, and cakes and things. And then people who like the gassy, um, you know, cushions and, and diesels and things. And so there's really, it's, it's so hard to say. I mean, back then the way I would choose it is a lot of it had to do with the, who won the cannabis cup and what were the, you know, the hot, uh, strains people were were talking about uh, at all the different events and um, and that goes on and on and on we have all these poly hybrids these days that uh, you know if you find a really amazing unique phenotype uh, you can really you know take take that strain I mean now we're, we're also using the word cultivar I think more than the word strain uh, but I do think uh, you know there's the sky's the limit as long as we're popping new seeds we're going to find uh, new flavors and new uh, terpene profiles and combinations of cannabinoids and flavonoids and terpenoids. Definitely, definitely. Now, your book is more geared to the beginners, correct? Okay, yes, so. the, the grow book for sure. It's it's meant for pretty much anyone to be able to pick up and get started. It's it's you know it's really recommending the most forgiving style of growing. Uh, which is just to get a, a small tent, you know, a three by three or a four by four, sure. put up a light and get, you know, six plants in there uh, in five gallon buckets and hand water them. And then, you know, once you've got uh, a few grows under your belt, you can start experimenting with more uh, intermediate to advanced techniques and, and, and practices. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So do you personally grow yourself still or... You know, I, before the pandemic, I wasn't doing it so much because I was traveling so often. Uh, I would be away at least once, if not two or three times a month. And I just couldn't really keep up with uh, with a home grow at the time. Uh, but since the pandemic and since uh, home grow has become legal here in New York, uh, where I live, I've, I've been doing, you know, my six plants uh, on my roof deck and basically just letting the elements do what they what they will. And sometimes I have to water them twice a day. They're in full sun and, you know, it's just, it, it's tough. You know, you're at the mercy of the elements, but it's also, there's no greater feeling uh, than consuming cannabis you created yourself. So it, it's, yeah, it's been a fun, uh, a fun hobby and a very enjoyable process for me to get kind of get, get my hands back in the dirt and, uh, and take care of some, some plants. Definitely. So when's the, when was the last cup you went to? Uh, well, as far as cannabis cups, I think that would be probably 2019 or, or, or 2018. Uh, but I've been going to Leaf Bowls, which is the event uh, that Northeast Leaf is affiliated with. We, we're part of uh, a group of magazines, including Northwest Leaf in Washington State, uh, 
Oregon leaf in Oregon, Alaska leaf, uh, California leaf, and Maryland leaf. So it's a group of magazines um, that all share some national content and have our local content. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing the last three years. Our events are called Leaf Bowls. Um, okay. And I've had the, I've had the uh, privilege of uh, attending the Alaska Leaf Bowl uh, wow. up in Anchorage, yeah, which was amazing. Um, An Anchorage and and getting to meet the uh, the people of Alaska that the cannabis culture uh, that exists up there and goes back to you know way back when um, the pioneering of uh, you know the Thunderfuck and and all of that. I mean, it's just um, there's quite a history there, and uh, it continues to this day. So. Um, you know, and I've gone to Emerald Cup uh, and I've done uh, Spanibus and uh, Harvest Cup in Massachusetts. And we're doing we're going to be bringing the leaf bowls to the East Coast as well this fall. Um, we're going to be doing Maine and Massachusetts and hopefully New York as well. Um, so that's really exciting. And I love the events because people get together, um, share, you know, ideas, share cannabis, share genetics and uh, and, and also you know, we, we, we show the culture in, in the outside world how peaceful we are as a culture as well. I mean, thousands of people all getting together and, and really no incidents and no violence, no nothing, right. you know, and all yeah. different cultures, different ages, different, uh, you know, everything, just people from all over. And that just shows that um, cannabis is universal. It's, it's you know, it's multiversal, you know. Definitely. Yeah. It brings Definitely. people together for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because, you know, we have a, a big event that we're going to be having going on here in Michigan. I'm in Michigan myself. I, I might be. I'm coming to an event called Legacy Michigan. Uh, okay. Yes, in, I will be in there. In July. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll be, be there, there as well. Ed Rosenthal. Uh, yes. A bunch of, yes, a bunch of people. Oh, I'm very excited. going to be there. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Legacy Big cloud. Yes, I'm meeting Jordan Rivers, and we're going to have a sit down. And that was the surprise for everybody that I wasn't going to let out last night. Me and Jordan Rivers are, have hashed away an hour live from Big Cloud Legacy. We are sitting down and doing an episode. So be sure to check us out because it's going to be fun, you know, and it's going to be budget because I am a budget guy. And I'm bringing very low budget. It's high quality equipment, but it's low budget setup. And uh, I don't have nothing fancy. I come from a small town and he, he's like, you know, we can use an iPhone. I'm like, we can use whatever and we're going to sit down. But to know you're going to be there is awesome. You know, I've spoke with Ed in the past, but we haven't had him on the show yet. And I've spoke with so many people there but to know that you're coming because like i've been explaining to everybody anybody that's anybody is going to be there and it's going to be <laughs> amazing i'm telling you i actually have them guys lined up i gotta finish the artwork tonight they are coming on the show tomorrow night to talk about the right. event so excellent excellent yeah. well give them my best and i'm definitely looking forward to it always yeah. have a great time uh in michigan when we would do our cannabis cups in in uh in Clio and and uh, we started in Detroit, I think, in 2015. And I, you know, there's, uh, I tell people all the time that uh, Michigan has an incredible uh, cannabis scene. You know, oh, we and, do, yeah, yeah, I love it. And uh, of course, hash bash going back, you know, 50 years, right? Um, you know, there's definitely a huge amount of history. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. It's at a speedway this year. 
um, instead of at the farm. I've been dealing with big cloud fruit. This is my second season. I've done right. a lot of events. I've met a lot of cool people from there. And I can tell you, man, they really know how to put on a production. And they have pulled all strings on this one. And it's when they say the legacy, it's it's all the legends in one spot. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. And, I, no, and I'm, yeah. I'm honored. I'm honored yeah. to be a part of it. Definitely. And I'll have to come shake your hand because I, I do. You know, I heard about you and long story through the rabbit hole is because I'm very kind of new to like the media side of things. I, I, I've been growing most of my life. My grandfather taught me he was organic, but we were very small Amish based town. So like it's slow mo. But long story short, uh, I had Chad Westport on here and I had Jorge Cervantes on here. And they both have mentioned that I needed to have you on the show. And I'm like, okay, I got to check this guy out. And I started to checking you out. And I'm like, okay, how do I get in touch with this guy? I'm like, well, he's got the check mark. So it's got to be him. And I'm like, okay. So I sent you the message and you replied. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to send him an email just to make sure he knows I'm legit. And then I did. And, and uh, here we are. So I, I'm happy and I'm honored to have the opportunity to get some of your knowledge and some of your time here. We have a few questions that we typically ask every show. I don't want to keep you longer than an hour. Um, and um, if you don't mind, it's just kind of to get to know you, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. The first, here. Yeah, the first question we ask everybody is, how old were you when you first tried cannabis and where'd you get it from? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was young. I was probably about 13 years old, actually, definitely, uh, that age. <clears throat> um, I had a, uh, a friend at school who was basically into Grateful Dead and Bob Marley and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I was definitely intrigued. It was something I wanted to try. Um, and so we did, we actually smoked out of a snowbank the first time because we didn't have, you know, we were at school, we didn't have rolling papers or a pipe or anything. He, he, he built a pipe out, out of a snowbank and we smoked for the first time, um, wow. like that. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I enjoyed it from the first time, basically. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, I had a number of opportunities after that and then basically, uh, really kind of fell in love with, uh, the way it made me feel, not really even knowing anything about, you know, medicinal effect or anything like that. It, it just made me feel good and, and, uh, uh, made me feel the way that, I wanted to, you know, and Definitely. enhance and enhance the things that I was doing, enhanced um, listening to music, skateboarding, drawing, uh, you know, all, all the things that I was into felt like they were being enhanced uh, by cannabis. Yeah. So to me, you know, it was instant, instant <laughs> love at first sight, uh, love at first toke at that point, uh, pretty much dedicated my life to it ever since. That's awesome. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and I never thought to use a snowbank. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> and the only reason I say that, obviously, being in Michigan, we get a lot of it just like you guys do in New York. I think you might get more than us. But long story short, you know, that is a great idea because it's cool on the lungs, too. So it's almost like having that water in a water bong. So it's not as harsh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, cool, it cool, cools the smoke down and uh, also leaves behind uh, no evidence. <laughs> yeah, you know, back, I never, then, yeah. Back then you had to be real careful, you know, about having paraphernalia or anything on you because even that was just a, 
alone a sign of uh you know you're that you're a, a drug addict and a derelict yep. and a scumbag basically so right. uh, you really had to be very careful i, I want to remind people who you know long for the good old days of you know prohibition that that it wasn't all uh you know fun and, and outlaw activities there was a lot of fear and a lot of hiding and a lot of uh a, a lot of stress you know especially oh, if definitely. you were if you were growing or if you were dealing or if you were smuggling you really uh you know you really have a lot of ptsd from that and uh i think most of us who lived through that era you know even now still here in, in new york uh you know if i'm smoking it's perfectly legal to smoke wherever cigarettes are smoked same here uh, yeah but i i still i still look over my shoulder i'm still hiding it yep. uh, uh, you know just based on instinct alone and i i still haven't shaken that fear entirely and uh you know i think that's important to remember too and and that fear is is real i mean it's yep. not it's not paranoia they were Definitely. throwing us in jail they were dragging yes. us out of our homes they were killing our pets and and they were uh you know terrorizing peaceful cannabis people for many 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 years so yes. let's let's not forget that you know like prohibition Definitely. Uh, the prohibition era was one big huge mistake with a ton of injustices large and small yeah yeah it, you know and i got to comment on that a little bit here because funny story i went to the dentist yesterday and i'm in there and the, the lady's talking to me about an event this weekend that we're not involved in because it's going to be a big cannabis event and it's local and there's some great names such as Ludacris is going to be there and a few other people that you know, and uh, Damian Marley's coming to town and stuff like that. It's great. Awesome people. Awesome. But it's so corporatized. They're not for the grower. And that's where I had to draw the line. And I won't mention any names, but long story short, my dentist, you know, he, you know, I, like you said, prohibition, we don't talk about it. Well, I go in there and they know what I do, but I don't talk about it. And all of a sudden he starts talking about it and he's like, oh, did you hear about that event that I'm the event I'm mentioning without mentioning? And I'm like, yeah, we dealt with them last year. I said, I'm not this year. And he said, well, the owner is having a divorce. And I said, well, that would be explaining why I haven't seen anything with the people. I said, but, and then he's like, yeah, we went last year. And I'm like, hold up, you're my dentist. And <laughs> I didn't ask any questions. I just left it at that. But I'm thinking right. to myself, okay, there's more people than you think that smoke uh, or consume than than we would ever think. Our dentists are doing it. Our right. judges, our right. police officers. But they were the know. ones hiding it, you know. Exactly. O only the people who really uh, spoke out, you know, took that risk. Everyone else was 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 hiding away and doing it in secret. And that stigma is still out there, you know. I mean, it's. It's going away little by little, but it's still there. It still exists. And, um, yep. you know, and, and we just have to live with that. And, and hopefully the, the next generations uh, won't have to deal with as much of that. Um, right. But they should exactly. remember that it was that way. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people that are like, oh, I wish it was still illegal. And I think that those are the people who really uh, need to understand the, the, the price that was paid uh, by people back then. Yeah, we were outlaws, oh, but yeah. then, you know that outlaw mentality also came with a lot of baggage. Yeah. I'm not that old, but I remember a lot of it because like I said, it was in my life so much. My parents used to have, 
oh, I don't even know how big, these huge terracotta plants in our living room when we were kids with them shop silver light clip lights over the top of them, bamboo sticks, I remember. And they used to tell us, you kids don't touch those plants. And I remember my parents used to go into the kitchen. I, I grew up on a farm and we had the double, like the I call them the Western doors between the kitchen and the dining room. And they would go in there because there was a separate table in our kitchen. We had a big farmhouse. And uh, um, they would all sit in there and smoke and we'd smell it and we'd be peeking through the, the shutters looking at them and what are they doing, you know, and what is that? And then as we got older, you know, our parents don't do it. That's the crazy thing. Our parents don't do it no more. They did it a lot when we were little kids. But as we got older and became teenagers, it was like they cut it out. Like they must knew we would have an influence or something. I don't know. <laughs> but now my mom, she's like, even though we don't talk, she, she, she'll she be like, you remember that? And I'm like, yeah, like, why wouldn't we? She's like, what else do you remember? And I'm like, I remember going to the farms because we live in farm country and getting your bag from a farmer and him having the plants hid in the middle of the corn with all the corn around it so you can't find it. And 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 you used to tell us kids you we were there to pay a bill. We knew better. We knew better. Yeah, then with the prohibition days, at least for me, out of my my personal opinion, you know, and my grandpa grew it. So like we didn't know what it was. We just knew my grandpa had a garden. You know, that's how we were educated. It wasn't bad. It was just a plant in the garden. And it it was it was fun, definitely. But that leads me to my second question we always ask. And these guys are gonna hate me that are watching because it deals with food. What is your go-to munchie when you're high? Everybody has one. <laughs> well, it depends on if I'm trying to be healthy <laughs> or if, if I'm not. Right. Uh, you know, if I'm trying to be healthy, I would hope it would be some type of fruit, uh, vegetable of some kind, you know, something somewhat healthy. But uh, certainly have succumbed to the munchies and... Uh, I don't know. I like I like savory. I'm not really big on sweet stuff, but if it was going to be something sweet, I would say lemon heads um, and something savory. I mean, you know, salt and vinegar potato chips. I like a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, something oh, yeah. like that. You know that that satisfies a, a number of different like sort of taste profile cravings for me. So uh, definitely, yeah, salt and pepper or salt and vinegar chips. Uh, even even. Uh, sour cream and onion if I can't find salt and vinegar. But yeah, I would go with some type of chips like that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, you know, being in New York, I have never experienced the big city. It's always been a dream of mine. I got to ask a question and I, and just how, how, you know, because the media does blow up things. So we want the reality here. Is Central Park basically littered with pop-up shops everywhere like we see in the media uh i mean i wouldn't say central park there there's certainly there's washington square park there's tables that people set up there uh some in central park uh, you know new york has a lot of that type of activity happening because they legalized two years ago uh, but right. they only recently started opening the legal licensed shops so in that two-year period a lot of these other shops opened up a lot of legacy underground uh people opened up storefronts, delivery services. Uh, and so, and even pop-ups, like you said, 
so that's happening a lot. And really, they, they're filling the void uh, that the government put out there, basically, by saying, okay, this is legal, but there's no real legal way to get it. Um, so a lot of these places just popped up uh, to service uh, what should be the legal marketplace. Now they've opened a few, I think 11 so far uh, stores in all of New York, and that includes the city, but also upstate Buffalo, Rochester, uh, Ithaca, all, you know, this is a huge state. It's massive. Right. Um, and only 11 li licensed shops. So you got all these licensed growers growing for 11 stores. And so there's a huge glut of legal weed. And then there's all of the uh, gray area sort of cannabis that's flooding the market. And so it really, I, you know, I kind of blame the government in a weird way for not implementing the, the licensing process and, and kickstarting that and making it quicker. Because if you look at Maryland, they just went legal uh, July 1st and they had okay. the stores and they went legal, but they had the stores ready to go on day one. They had wow. shops open and ready on the first day. So we waited two years here and that's just not going to work for New Yorkers. We want, you know, we want everything super fast. Yep. We want, yep. you know, we want everything very quick. Um, so if you're going to legalize, we want shops to walk into that day. Um, and so a lot of places filled the void. So there is a, a lot, a lot of that going on. Thousands of unlicensed uh, cannabis vending and vendors going on. I what I love is the kind of farmer's market model that I Definitely. see where people are sort of getting together, uh, small batch growers, mom and pops, family farms, they're getting together uh, and holding events where people show up and they can purchase from farms that are local, that are using organic to living soil techniques, sun-grown type of techniques. You know everything that goes into your bud. You know whether there was pesticides, um, you know what kind of nutrients were used, I, and one of my pet peeves is overfeeding. I think yep. most cannabis in the in in the world, mo especially commercial cannabis, is overfed, um, and and so it's got the burnt leaf tips uh, yep. that you see in the pictures. It doesn't burn right; it burns like a piece of charcoal. You got to keep relighting it. I like a nice clean white ash. I like to taste a joint all the way down to the end, uh, you know, and so. To, to achieve that, you have to feed your plant lightly and you also have to, you know, flush and cure the dry and cure properly, uh, which most commercial growers don't do. So, right. you know, my point being, I love the, 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 the farmer's market model. And, you know, I think there there's room for dispensaries, of course. And if people yes. want to get, go to, if people want to go to like an Apple store kind of dispensary, they want to get, you know, a package of gummies or their vape pen for the week. That's fine, but I personally, I want to purchase cannabis from the farmer. I yep. want to get fresh, you know, cannabis that I know where it came from. I know how it was grown, and I'm. I want to, and I want to support that model. I want to support family farmers. I want to support small batch growing because if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of visiting, you know, gardens big and small all over the world, it's that the highest quality is in the smallest batches you know, the four by four tent the four by four tent is almost always going to have a higher quality product coming out of it than the twenty thousand square foot warehouse it's just Definitely. it's just impossible to scale up that big and have the same quality so i i that's what i want to support and i want to vote with my pocketbook i'll pay a Definitely. little extra you know yep. i'll pay a little extra for a nice jar of local 
uh, organic homegrown than I would for, you know, a jar of something from a dispensary that was mass produced. Definitely. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of great people at, that are going to be at Big Cloud, a lot of friends of mine. But there's also other events that are actually smaller than that. Like you said, the farmers markets, we do a lot of them here. We have a, we have a sun grown competition every year and we do a Thanksgiving where it's a whole Thanksgiving dinner and everything is cannabis related and it's infused everything down to the Turkey. I promise you. And uh, yeah, we do that. And then we work with another group called Michigan gyms and genetics, who is just that. It's about the gyms and the genetics and the people putting it in the work. And we come together for weekends. They do it like four times a year. And uh, we camp for the weekend and people meet people. And there's a market and vendors are popped up and artisans. And we just had one last weekend. It was amazing. So like it, it's been great out here, and especially July. It's the most popular of month for all the events and there's so much going on i can't keep up but it's definitely it's definitely a dream that i never thought michigan would have you know and, and we're thankful but we are at the same time fighting for our caregiver rights out here you know and we're going to lansing and standing at the capitol and people are speaking and you know rick from big cloud mr fungi he he's big on standing up for our rights he's a great advocate for our state and that's how we met and uh like i said they'll be on the show tomorrow night we're gonna have we're gonna have mr fungi we're gonna have dallas which is mr i call he's not mr big cloud but he's mr big cloud presents i say because well he's the guy who runs the big clouds uh instagram and um and we have fame coming on so Nice. All, all them all them guys are going to join me tomorrow night. I've never had three people at the same time, so it shall be interesting. But, you know, that leads me into my final question that I typically ask everybody, and that is, if you could smoke with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? But I want the first organic person that pops in your head. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's easy. It would be Louis Armstrong. Uh, he, to me, he kind of embodies everything that's great about cannabis. He uh, recorded all of his songs high, performed all around the world high. Um, at one point was busted. Uh, his wife got busted carrying his stash uh, through the airport in Hawaii. And he threatened to never play jazz again uh, if, he, if, if, if it ever happened again. Uh, he, he was going to put down his trumpet. And so uh, I think... Yeah, I, he, I'm just fascinated by his whole life story. Wow. Uh, he was an amazing, very interesting man from, you know, uh, from re a really ha had a really tough life uh, as a child uh, and then basically became an ambassador for jazz music for America and for cannabis uh, all around the world. So I think it, it would be Louis Armstrong for me. Uh, I'd want to smoke with him. I'd want to uh, hear him play some music and just tell stories. That would be so cool. And you're the first to say that, you know, I've heard some unique ones. Some of them I can't even pronounce. I'll be honest with you because <laughs> they're from different countries, but you know, that, I, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with his music and I know that's bad because I love music and 
I'm gonna have to definitely cruise tonight and listen to some Louis Armstrong. Definitely yeah, you you might have heard him sing "What a Wonderful World." That's used yes, in a lot of I have. that's used yep. in a lot of commercials and things like that. Okay. So "What a Wonderful World" is one of those ones, but but I, he had a long and vast uh, career uh, with jazz and uh, and basically, like I said, just being an ambassador for for music Man. and for cannabis and. And just a, a real cool cat <laughs> so definitely I, definitely yeah i'm gonna have to check that out i i've heard that song i just didn't know that was who sung it but yeah like the music festival we just had last weekend was bluegrass and folk yes. and oh it was amazing and a heck of a firework show uh and you know i can only imagine what legacy has planned because they keep pulling these little rabbits out of their hat you know i didn't know you were gonna be there but <laughs> i knew ed was coming and then i got surprised with jordan was coming from growcast and i'm like oh man i'm like he's because he's like a mentor to me like i i listen to a show and like i'm a nerd for that stuff i'm a nerd <laughs> for po podcasts because i i'm a sponge of knowledge like anything i can learn i want to absorb it and it's just anything I can learn. And that's how I am with everything. Yeah, definitely jazz and cannabis do have a rich history together. Yes. You For got sure. that right there. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of, I've heard of stories of the old jazz clubs back in the day. And my grant, we used to have one here, believe it or not, in the basement of an old building that was built in the 1800s. My grandpa said, you used to have to go down there and knock on the door and have to do a special knock and give them a password and they'd let you in and you could smoke in there and they would be guys on stage. But he said it was like the size of a basement, like a small basement. And he said, but it was a private club. And I'm like, man, why can't we have cool stuff like that here now? But we're getting back to that. You know, it's, it's getting there. So definitely. But I don't want to keep you too long. We've been here about 40 minutes. And um, is there anything you want the audience to know about you, where they can find your book? Um, you know, we know you're going to be at Legacy now. So if anybody out there wants to meet the man himself, well, come on out to Legacy because that's where it's going to happen. But definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I got to meet those guys when they came here. They had an event called the Organic Cup uh yep. here in new york uh and uh we just vibed vibed really well and uh yeah i'm just excited to to be coming out back to michigan i haven't been in a few years now uh and uh again uh, michigan has that rich history with the hash bash and with uh john sinclair and and you know just a lot of activism uh going on for many many years uh so as far as uh, me, you know, the book is available on Amazon. Uh, I also sell it on eBay. If you want a signed copy, um, you can get it through through me at on eBay. Uh, okay. the, po the podcast is called Grow Bud Yourself. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, the one I did before that at High Times from 2011 uh, to 2018 was called Free Weed uh, from Danny Danko. And I've got a bunch of, of those uh up as well and that goes like back goes back to 2011 so there's interviews with a lot of people who've since passed um over the years that i'm really proud of because i got to get them to tell their story uh on a in a podcast forum which i love um, yes. and I, I i also listen to a lot of those um the book uh the book like i said is on amazon the podcast is grow bud yourself uh the magazine is called northeast leaf magazine uh we're at leafmagazines.com 
And, uh, you know, I'm on all the social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. I just got onto threads, the big new one, um, and transferred my Instagram people over to there, um, which is fun. And yeah, just in general, I, I, my whole thing is pushing home grow. If you can't grow your own, you know, buy from people who grow in small batches, but if you can, uh, I call it modern day alchemy. Um, because alchemy was basically trying to turn lead into gold. And here you're taking air, seeds, water, and light um, and turning that into something that's really worth its weight in gold. Uh, and there's no greater feeling, no greater feeling um, than sparking up cannabis that you grew yourself. It's it's medicinal in a lot of different ways. Um, and, uh, can't you know, cannabis isn't addictive, but growing it certainly is. So I definitely right. recommend people... Um, just plant a seed, you know, don't, don't worry too much about the literature, you know, get some books, watch some YouTube, but the key really at the end of the day is just get, get, plant a seed and keep the plant alive as well as you can, uh, and learn along the way. I, I love what you said about, uh, being a sponge and learning things yes. and absorbing things. Cause no, there, there are no experts. I, I don't con even consider myself an expert. Uh, right. I'm always constantly learning. I, my opinion is changing. Uh, I, there's no perfect way to do this thing, uh, but there are lots of different ways and there's lots of different uh, varieties and different types of, of, of extractions and concentrates and things. So uh, always be learning, I would say Definitely. Is, is really, Definitely. you know, and, and don't make it about you uh, or any human or person because it's really it's about the plant. We are ambassadors of this plant yep. um, and it's really about the plant. So anybody that approaches you and it's all me, 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 I, 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 I did this and I did that and me, 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 that's not the energy of this plant. This plant's energy uh, is, is to help us along the way and enhance our lives. And so we give back to the plant by spreading the word, um, spreading the genetics and, uh, and spreading the love. You know, this is a uniter. It's not a divider. It's not, uh, you know, it, like I said, it brings people from all different cultures, all different ages, genders, anything you can pick that, to divide us. Cannabis is something that unites us. So uh, keep that Definitely. in mind. Keep that in mind and uh, and, you know, keep it green. Keep it as as as, you know, sustainable as you can. If not, you know, ab absolutely, you know, reversing our carbon footprint would be ideal. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I got a little buffer in here. I apologize. I, um, I'm trying to off open up our uh, contest here. We do a weekly contest where we call it the Seeds of Bounty, and we work with uh, uh, different local breeders and breeders that are sponsors of our page, and we give away one pack. It's a mystery pack, breeder select, and we give it away to. The, the chat so as we're chatting here right before we end the show we typically do this now and if, if you don't mind i'm gonna run that while we finish up here so um everybody in chat as you know we do the seeds of bounty every week and this week's seeds of bounty is brought to you by captain redbeard himself captain redbeardseeds.com you can use keyword organically blunt over there and with that being said, we're going to get the Seeds of Bounty contest going here. I'm going to reset it from last night, and we're going to get it rolling for five minutes here. So here we go, everybody.
make sure you put the keyword in. So definitely. Now, you say you have grown some more since the pandemic. What are some of the strains you personally were growing? Yeah, so the first ones I did were uh, some strawberry coughs, actually, to uh, get back to Kyle Fishman. That, uh, I just figured if I was going to put the effort in, uh, I would want to grow something that was sentimental to me and something I a strain that I, I grew a lot of in the past and uh, really enjoy smoking and is also fairly easy to grow, you know, 60 days, uh, not very finicky, no, no uh, intersexual kind of tendencies or anything very simple. Uh, and I love it. So that was what I grew the first round. Um, this time around, I, I got a kind of a mix of things. So I've got like uh, TH seeds, uh, Zeta crossed with sage. I've got uh, something called Havana Nights, which I think is like a Cuban haze cross. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I have, uh, I, I even have them like written down because I, uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to confuse uh, <laughs> one plant sure. for, an, for another. So it's, you know, labeling is very important. I would say, oh, so an apple fritter. Um, that's a good one that I got. The, my biggest one is the apple fritter fritter. And then, uh, the two Zetas and Sage and the Havana Nights and then a, a, a strain from uh, TH Caesar. I think it's uh, uh, squirts or something. I don't know. I, okay. I got to, <laughs> I still got to go back and, and figure it out yeah. because basically I just planted a bunch of seeds uh, and picked out like uh, the six ones I wanted to kind of keep as, as uh, yep. my trophies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how we did our, out, our outdoor, you know, I, I've been chasing, I call it chasing. They know who I am now because I'm in their back pocket, essentially, saying, hey, I'm here. I want you on my show. The Strain Hunters. I don't know if you're familiar with them guys. And I'm oh, trying are, to get are, them. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to get them guys on just to hear some of the experiences, you know, the stories. And, uh, you know, they, they uh, I got a pack of uh, Atlas Seeds um, Sour Glue from them and I, I i picked a couple winners of that and i got some watermelon zittles going right now that by the way our deer in michigan love watermelon zittles they ate the <laughs> shit out of one of my plants and now yeah so today i go to the outdoor garden and i had plants that were eaten and i have aphids and i'm like oh so i you know i used our petra sprayer and uh coated lost coast i'll go the next three to five days and coat them and help get rid of them i just ordered uh 3500 ladybugs so we'll have them next week and we'll get it taken care of i know it's outdoors and you gotta expect that kind of stuff but you know i uh i don't like bugs so i'm gonna fight it before it becomes a problem you know i try to keep up on it because the, the farmer, he, he, he's grown this is his second season and, uh, he knows his stuff, but he, uh, he doesn't know what aphids look like. So like, I'm like pointing them out and I'm like, you see that right there? And he's like, Whoa, that's moving. I said, yeah, that's, that's an aphid. He's like, Holy cow. I'm like, yeah, we can't have that. I said, we got to get rid of that, you know? And he lives in a high moisture area that is kind of swampy. And it's like, uh, you know, we can't have this, you know, so we, we're, we're going to get a hot hand on it before it gets out of control. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's important for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. So do you only do indoor or do you do any outdoor ever? No, the, the, mean... the plants I have are outdoor actually. Uh, okay. I, yeah. I don't have a tent going uh, at the moment. That's kind of why I'm okay. at the mercy of uh, my roof deck and my full, you know, full sun sure. kind of setup. I didn't know if it was covered or not. So that's why I was <laughs> no, no. no, it's just uh, full sun, you know, no greenhouse, nothing just at the mercy of, of the the wind and the rain and we get these crazy thunderstorms i'm sure you do too uh, oh yeah in the summer i do my best to pull them in if i'm home uh but you know like i said anything you can get uh from from outdoor is a gift from uh sunshine and, and nature so it's it's great i love it we got about 10 seconds here guys so if you don't got your entry in get her in we got six people and three entries so hurry up <laughs> i bounty explanation about bounty gets you entered yeah i i thought i saw root aphids but i got lucky and it was actually a predatory bug luckily yeah and luckily you know when i checked on our outdoor last week you know because i only make it there once or twice a week because it's an hour away from where i'm at and uh i was like Oh man, we got ladybugs not thinking anything, you know. Well, they're there for a reason. There's food there. Well, the aphids. Uh, <laughs> and now, yeah, yeah, it didn't click because I, 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 I try not to spray until I have a problem. I know that sounds bad. Some people do it, you know, once a month and they prevent it or however they want to do it. You know, there's different ways. I use Lost Coast or uh, Crop Defender. And, um, but, I don't like to spray it a lot. I really don't. And I, so I sprayed it once and then I'm reading on the bottom of how often to do it. And I'm like, okay, next three to five days, it should wipe them out. I said, let's get rid of these things. But after that, I'm sticking with the ladybugs because I don't really, I don't spray nothing. I don't use bottles. I don't, I'm all what's we put in the soil as a amendment. We don't, we're basically water only from, seed the harvest and uh i don't want to add any more than i have to i mean if it calls for something it has a calcium deficiency or calmag is is tends to be the the go-to for everybody but you know other than that i try not to really use anything at all so definitely but we are done here we got three of you guys in here for the entry and i'm gonna pick a winner and you guys know the deal there we go hipsters and hips hippies you know how to get a hold of me you know i get so many emails it's gonna fall back in the inbox i'll have to search for you so just shoot me a, a letter and we'll get you this, this out on monday or actually tomorrow he'll probably get it out so definitely congratulations once again definitely yeah yeah definitely so if you ever want to grow some of our Michigan strains and don't hesitate to holler out to me and I'll, I'll get a package sent your way. You know, I, I'm always loving to share our genetics from our great state here with other states, you know, and I'm always shipping them all over the United States and so from genetics, he's out of uh, one Michigan. We work with him and we work with captain Redbeard, which is actually out of Oregon, but, um, we support a lot of Michigan growers here, and a lot of these guys have great cultivars that are still up and coming. And, um, you know, some of them are still working, and some of them are at the S1 and F1 categories, and some of them are still working on it. But, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasure picking your brain tonight and just having a conversation with you. We appreciate you having some time this evening to speak with us and come on the Organically Blunt Show. Once again, everybody pick up his book. Even if you're an advanced grower, it's a great piece, especially if you go on eBay, because I know that's where I'm going. I want an autographed one, definitely. So, yeah, thanks to all the guys and gals. I apologize. I forget we have gals. Sorry about that, miss. And uh, once again, everybody, thanks for joining us on the Organically Blunt Show. You guys have a great evening, and we'll be back next week. Well, actually, tomorrow night. I forgot. We do have a show tomorrow night, 10 p.m. with Big Cloud. I forgot. We just scheduled that today. So I look forward to hearing from you guys in the chat tomorrow night. And Danny, I look forward to meeting you at Big Cloud. Thanks for joining us. Have a great evening. Thanks for having me. Take care. Definitely. Take care. You've been listening to The Organically Blunt Show, a cannabis lifestyle podcast that's raw, uncut, and unedited. Thanks for listening to the show. We would like to give thanks to this episode's partners. Grow Strong Industries, the mother brand of Gorilla Grow Tint, Kind LED, and Lotus Nutrients. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Seedsman Seeds, a trusted seed bank with over 20 years in the industry. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. 10. Horticulture Lighting Group, HLG, Real Efficiency, Real Yields, and Made in the USA. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Rain Science Grow Bags, one-of-a-kind mesh grow bags that eliminate problems and increase yields. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Grow Bags, the best curing solution to save terps. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Captain Redbeard Seeds, genetics that are loyal to the soil. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Humboldt Seed Company, Humboldt's original seed. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Fishhead Farms, the maker of fish shit, the most robust beneficial bacteria on the market. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Sofim Genetics, quality genetics at a fair price. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Green Wolf Genetics. These genetics come from a wolf pack that runs with quality and no BS. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Utopic Essential Nutrients. Discover the truth. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. Stream Gardening. World-leading mycorrhizal fungi. Dry Tents. Because we all need a place to dry that harvest. Use coupon code ORGANICALLYBLUNT. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at ORGANICALLYBLUNT or on Social Club at ORGANICALLYBLUNT. You can reach us also via email at ORGANICALLYBLUNT at gmail.com. ORGANICALLYBLUNT can be found where you listen to podcasts such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, and Apple Podcasts. See you next time on the Organically Blunt Show.